1: Take Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 361, April 10th, 2020. 88 degrees was the high. That was in 1977. It was as chilly as 18 degrees in 1962. We're getting into some really popular ice out dates. White Bear on April 10th, 1935, 1948, 1953, 1992, Minnetonka, On April 10th, 1934, 1959, 1963, 1977, and 1992.
2: And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore
1: of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic. With Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop, here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense,
2: your Mayor, Joe Souchere.
1: We are lucky to be joined by the General Manager of the Minnesota State Fair, Jerry Hammer, who's uh, pretty much spent his whole life with the Minnesota State Fair. And is Jerry with us? Yes, sir. Hi, Jerry.
3: Yeah, hey, Joe, how are you? How are you? Oh, just fine, just fine.
1: We, uh, I anticipate that you hold the key to information that's uh, terribly important to Minnesotans, and we were wondering out loud, and we'd have to have you to corroborate it. Do, do you have a date that you have to work with after which there will not be a state fair?
3: Well, at some point we will, but we're we're a long ways from that yet.
4: You know, really, right now
3: it's, it, it, it takes it takes a year to put the fair together. Actually, we figured out at thirteen months is optimum. That that would be best, but we only have twelve, so we do the best we can. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, you know, planning is is going full speed ahead because it has to. You know, it's not something we put a uh, you don't hit pause and then and then start up again at some point. So. Uh, we're we're planning uh, for the fair because if we're going to have a fair, there's a lot of things we need to do between now and then. So we're uh, yeah, we're just moving ahead.
1: Could you put the brakes on it in a heartbeat if you were told to? I'm rooting for the fair, by the way. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. What if the governor well, says on July
3: 30th no state fair? Well, then that then that's that. You know, it, it actually happened in uh, last time there was no fair was 1946. Yep. And there was also no fair in 1945 uh, due to World War II. The feds, in, in, during World War II, the feds had discouraged fairs uh, right. because they were you know, like a waste of resources. At least that's what, that's what they thought. Meanwhile, horse racing could go on, but, but they didn't like fairs. But in Minnesota, well, we continued with our fair despite that. Uh, but in, in uh, 45, they said, that's it. You know, no, nobody has a choice anymore. We're, we're not being nice. This is it. You're all done. Uh ironically, the uh, war was over before the fair would have been held. But that's just kind of what happened. So next year, so it's 1946, they had this huge victory fair planned. And, you know, people had been away for, from the fair for a year. A war was over. Things were back to normal. Things were cruising along. Uh, and uh, about two weeks before the fair, there was an outbreak of polio. So, you know, that was the end of that. And, right. Uh, uh, that that was super short notice. I don't know that we could... You know, if you had to, you have to. But there, I, there, I don't, I don't see that that uh, that we would wait that long before uh, making a decision. And by the way, it wouldn't be the fair that's making the decision. It would, it would be, uh, it would be with uh, health officials. It'll be with, with all the usual folks that are, you know, they're guiding us now as well. So we'll we'll just see what happens. But in the meantime, you know, we need to we need to keep planning for the fair how would that affect
1: uh, your contractual obligations with the uh, grandstand acts
3: in well, other words are you
1: committed to them
3: oh if if we're able to perform sure but there there's there's always items in any kind of agreement with anybody that uh, that anything like this then supersedes any any sort of uh, Contractual obligation that that we might have the old act and, of God uh, clause would it be an act of sure. God clause Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah, they're re- real broad. You know, they they need to be, uh, right. but it's basically so, if something like this comes up. This is extraordinary, and uh, you, you look at all of the anybody that that's in the in the uh, crowd business, and and this time of year, especially, there's a lot of tours that are going out or would have been going out. All of those are canceled, uh, and uh, nobody's performing anywhere right now, so you know there's a whole lot of gig workers that are that are uh, that are out of luck you know until until we can get crowds back together. This would just be an extension of what's already going on but um, right what's happening right now actually we're seeing a lot of events, a lot of things starting to pile up into August and September with like the Kentucky Derby um, which is uh, now in uh, Middle of September, I think. Uh, Masters golf tournament is uh, that's November right around. Is it <laughs> back to November? Yeah, yeah.
1: The Masters uh, is in November. I'm, I'm thinking they'll have daylight problems.
3: Yeah, you know what? They will. They'll yeah. have to start early, either that or get lights, and that's not going to happen. Uh, Indy 500 is, uh, I think, the Sunday before we're scheduled to open. And there's a lot of tour dates, a lot of concerts. They're all they're all looking uh, looking into late summer and uh, into the fall. So. Uh, we'll just, hey, we'll just wait and see. That's all we can do. Would you open on a delayed date, at, uh, which would take you deeper
1: into fall? I would imagine there's a point at which you can't go past it because it would just be too
3: cold. That would be pretty difficult because the weather does change quick. It's It's amazing that something happens. Like the day after Labor Day every year. You know, summer's done. All of a sudden it's cool. It's just like this magic kind of a deal. Middle into the middle of September, it's still all right. When you get into late September, that's a whole different thing. Uh, And then if you look, you know, you look at all the participants in the fair our uh, Midway operators, a lot of the concessionaires, a lot of the vendors, uh, they have other routes that they're on, and they would all much rather play here, of course. You know, this is the for all of them, this this is it. Uh, Minnesota is the one that they they point towards. That would seriously screw up uh, other fairs, other events, whatever else is going on. So I, I th- that's really not a real possibility. You know, then we get into school starting and, and there's just a whole lot of things going on. Well, that's the uh, other thing. That time of year, so you know, to push the fair back is uh, you know, and we've been thinking about all sorts of contingencies, but that's not one of them.
5: That's Jerry, it's Rookie here. That's the biggest thing I was thinking about is getting uh, those employees who usually go back to school after Labor Day. Uh, so many of those are working in their mom and pop shops or you know, just maybe ticket takers or whatever the case may be. So that's a major logistics problem where you just don't have the, the manpower to, uh, to operate the, the state fair at you know, just normal levels.
4: Well, that
3: that's true. They're a big part of, of our overall employees, but not just ours. You know, the fair hires about 3,000 uh, for the two weeks of the fair. But beyond that, there's uh, conservatively another ten, twelve thousand 12,000 that work at all the vendors. And, and, you know, we're seeing a greater mix of demographics work and you know there's a there's a lot of folks a lot of retirees that that uh, are available but there's still a significant number of kids high school kids and also college kids and I'm old enough where anybody you know under 40 is a kid Uh, and that's for them that would all change that dramatically. Jerry
1: I think what we're learning today is you're you're continuing a pace and you intend to bring off a state fair until you're told that you won't.
3: Well, that yeah. We're, so, uh, Joe, we're we're really no different than anybody else in this all situation right. right now, you know. All and right. and I think what we'll see, what we'll need to see happen, there's some other things uh, opening ahead of us uh, when we look at pro sports, uh, MLB in particular. Uh, we'll see how that all shakes out, but but uh, I think there'll need to be some degree of normalcy returning before anybody can really make any kind of decision at all. And again, that that's the thing. Uh, don't make these decisions until you absolutely have to, and we're a long ways from that point.
5: Do you have a date in mind for MSRA? Just because it's a little bit closer,
3: uh, they are mid June, and uh, we'll need to uh, keep looking at that as well. Okay. But ultimately, that again, that won't be that won't be us. We won't be telling them. Go or no go. That'll come from uh, from other places. That'll be health department. That'll be their own their own group, their own membership. You know, we we did have a, a show scheduled for the Coliseum for mid March, and uh, some of the vendors were actually here showing up for it. But that was March eleventh was like the day. Uh, that's when uh, uh, NBA ceased operations, and it was uh, it was the evening of March eleventh when I think it really hit home what was going on, and this was the show immediately after after uh, March 11th, whatever that weekend would have been, the 13th, 14th, 15th, whatever. And and not all the vendors were there, and those who were weren't too crazy about it. Uh, and at uh, Friday, the governor's address, that's when he recommended gatherings of no more than either 50 or 10, I'm not sure which. But anyway, it was, the, it was reducing the size, the number of people that got together. Uh, and Jerry, I read that, a front, I, that, that, I read a stat there. today.
1: I read a stat today. A polling shows that almost eighty percent of Americans will not attend professional sporting events unless there's a vaccine. I don't know how that would translate to state fair crowds, but that's a significant number of people who really have been convinced that uh, they can't go to a ball game even if they start playing again.
3: Uh, well, well, and we'll see. We'll see what happens there as well. Yeah. How many of those folks, and I don't know, I I don't know, but how many of those folks wouldn't go to a game anyway?
1: That's a good point. Jerry, uh, best of luck to you. Uh, yeah, that's your and, baby.
6: Well, Jerry, I was going to say too that Joe said that if slash when the state fair does open, the first round each GL show out there is on him. So we uh, we're rooting for that <laughs> just because <laughs> of free yeah. beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, right.
3: hey, we're, we're we're looking we're looking forward to it. And regardless of what happens, the uh, the fair will do the right thing. We 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 always work really hard at doing the right thing, and we will in this case too. Thank you, sir. You bet. Thanks very much. All right. Yep. Take care, Jerry.
1: Jerry Hammer, who's been with the State Fair since he was a kid. Yeah. And now runs
6: it. So listen to the the calmness in his voice. Imagine if one of us three was in Jerry's spot. We would not have been near as calm as, yeah. as he portrayed on the air. But he but he but he he was
5: very smooth and oh, he's, but the he's best. in a he's in a spot and you know I I think of you know Brad the corn guy who is he ordering all his corn right now, right. or or is he, does he have to? I mean, all the suppliers. It's just that that chain is just a horrible domino effect.
1: You know, Jerry uh, is sharp as a tack, and, and I, I, he, he. What I learned today is, I think Jerry has a date. He just won't tell us what he's it is. Keeping it close to the heart, because, and he's being a smart businessman. Of that course, way. that's he fine. Is. I, I understand yeah. that completely. But you just pointed out, Rook, you got a guy who has to decide. Uh, how much corn to buy, you can't tell me there's not a date by which he must decide that. Right. Uh, you can't tell me that uh, there's not a date. How many hot dogs do you have to buy to create a foot-long hot dog? Those guys need dates. I got to think there is one, but uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry is telling us that, nope, they're planning for a fair until there's not going to be a fair.
5: Well, and if that's the case, uh, I have not been consulted on the wax hands. I'm not sure if we have no. a date yet. We have no. not. The board of directors has not has been meeting in, in quarantine for days, but we have The issue has not come up yet. Time or for another now. cash call. Right, cash call coming up.
1: Is <laughs> that cash call coming up? It should be uh, early I August. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I, something wrong with my headset. Bad cash call. Let's it, take a short uh, time out and be back shortly.
0: Hello again, this is Mike Fratelloni from Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Fratelloni's is open every day till 6 p.m., seven days a week. Please come on in. We are practicing ultra no-touch social distance customer service. You're gonna come in and we're gonna say, hey, what can we help you find from 10 feet away? We're not gonna touch you, you're not gonna touch us. We're constantly cleaning our stores. We're really trying to be as safe for our employees and as safe for our customers as we possibly can. So be aware that our customer service is gonna be a little different. Stop on at Fratelloni's right now Come on in. Social distance customer service for Hardware and Garden Stores.
1: So, uh, I made myself a meatloaf sandwich today. Grunhofer style. Yeah. Oh, I, well, this was homemade, and oh. it was very good. It was made the other evening. Oh, uh, that's the best. It's Good Friday, and I was admonished uh, by the CP saying, there's tuna fish in there if you want that. And I said tuna fish would not be a sacrifice for me. Uh, either is this meatloaf and I'll be damned if I'm going to waste meatloaf when people are standing in line for food. Right. I'm not letting this go to waste. So I, I, I win that argument and I get the mayonnaise out and it's in this slim plastic container and it's got this big top on it. Hmm. And I've been using it a couple times this week and, uh, take the top off and you got to kind of pound it like a ketchup bottle to get the, to get the mayonnaise to come out of it. And oh, and all of a sudden a big plop went on the plate you, and then I could too use, aggressive. I could use that to spread it on the sandwich. And, uh, and she's in there and I said to her, I said, this is a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. This is one of the worst, uh, dispensers I've ever seen how that, why would they build a mayonnaise dispenser like this? And I, I really can't say, what she said, Sure sure, uh,
5: yeah, please don't. I, I, I can see it above my uh, your head right now in the cartoon form. It
1: was, it was questioning my uh, knowledge, knowledge about yeah, life in okay. okay. general. She okay. came over, <laughs> she grabbed the top, screwed the top back on. At which point you flip up another little plastic lid that's <laughs> what, on the top, and what comes and out? There's there's a nozzle there, sure. and you turn it over, and out comes a nice steady stream of man. Uh,
5: nice and even, uniform, a uniform stream, huh?
1: I, I had no idea. <laughs>
6: <laughs> so man, you're it was, the world you live in. Is it one of these deals where it's the upside down bottle? That's what I thought. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Well, good for you. I am. I'm happy that things are good no. in the uh, in this in the nice step program. You know what he did, Rook? He learned something yesterday. Yeah, you're you're learning quite a bit during the quarantine, aren't you? You know what
1: we're learning? What we're learning as a culture, we're uh, we're seeing uh, the rapid. Uh, this is a brand new thought. I haven't had time to exercise it on the Garage Logic Service road of life. Okay. But uh, reading the headlines today locusts are going to destroy Africa. Uh, we're worried about if mosquitoes can uh, carry the COVID. And giant hornets uh, that can kill with a single sting to invade the United States. Giant Asian hornets have begun to uh, invade the United States. And thats they, uh, estimated they'll cost America $30 million as they invade. And what we're seeing, what's the word I want? We're seeing the end game of a culture that has become accustomed to being frightened to death.
5: Hmm.
1: We see, uh, we've talked about it over the years that news gathering institutions in particular are, uh, they sell this stuff. They sell the hysteria. And today you can just take your pick. Uh, you can you can be hysterical about COVID nineteen. You can be hysterical about uh, locusts. You can be hysterical about mosquitoes. Uh, you can be hysterical about giant Asian hornets. I guess they're about the size of a small Fiat. They're just oh, uh, they're <laughs> just huge, and they have long, long stingers on them, yeah. and they'll kill you with one. We're seeing almost an utter collapse of reasoned analytical thinking. Uh, We're we're seeing the, we're, you know, we've talked about it before. We're dealing with a generation of young people right now. They're afraid to answer the doorbell.
6: Is it because, is it because, and you have often lamented the fact that we have lost the ability for critical thinking just on everyday subjects. Is that is that where you're kind of driving at here? Yes, we're we're seeing that we're seeing the results of what happens
1: when you become so comfortable and so accustomed to be frightened to death every day. Oh, what have I told you? If you were in a coma and you woke up in a windowless hospital room and the only thing that was available to you uh, in relation to the outside world was CNN, for example. You would not want to leave that hospital. No, you
6: probably wouldn't.
1: You'd say, "Oh my God, yeah. there's giant hornets out there. There's locusts and mosquitoes and a uh, something called a coronavirus. Uh, the common cold is a coronavirus, by the way. Uh, there's there just uh, there's just a apparently an endless variety of coronaviruses. None of which I'm saying is to is to suggest that I'm. Uh, I'm I'm leery of anything uh, that an esteemed guy like Osterholm or Fauci tell us. It's not conceivable to me that they could be party uh, to anything except the truth. It's I, w- not I, would to me. I would it's agree. I would agree. It's not conceivable you. to me. So I, I I I, but I do think what needs to be looked at more carefully is challenging. Uh, governors and I think Tim Walls is doing the best he can he didn't ask for this but I think we need to we need to we need more than a one-part solution we've got to begin to challenge the uh, governors of all states on how to get back to work and who can get back to work it's not a question of uh, when we'll get back to work it's a question of how and I just don't think this country can afford uh, this one blanket rule I'm not sure that works Hmm. uh what it could very well result in is the utter destruction
6: of the of the country. Uh, I was having a conversation this morning with a business owner who basically said the collateral damage now being suffered throughout the country some of it is never coming back. You know, and we're already starting to see that ripple effect. But I but you you do have to walk the fine line of well, social distancing is the key to it's stopping working. the spread, and it is working. But, it's working, but yeah, but at what and at what cost? I guess is
5: well. Look, at and- we just talked about the state fair. How many people are reliant, and that is their sole source of income. And yes, there's some that make a lot of money, but the majority do not make a lot of money, and it's a lot of work. And right. they're going to be minus that income
1: if we continue the way we're continuing, and Walls and his team. I read today, are taking the long run. They're taking the long look, which means they're, they're anticipating social distancing until God knows when. If that continues, I'll bet you right now, 100 bucks to your uh, favorite charity. Uh, Rook, what's yours? Second Stork. Second Stork. Second Stork. $100 donation to Second Stork. There won't be a state fair. Hey, I'm not confident. How, how, can, how can you, given what we're told today, and given what we're dealing with, when we're forbidden to go to a neighbor's house, how in God's name can you have a state fair, what's this, uh, April, uh, May, June,
6: July, what, three, four months from now? You can, how with, are you going to have a state fair? With over two million people walking yeah. amongst each other.
1: And yeah. I, I only harp on the state fair, not harp on it, and I bring it up, and I, I wanted to have Jerry Hammer on because I think the state fair uh, is the most important uh, cultural celebration in the state of minnesota there's not hands down it's one of the defining uh elements of what makes life tick in minnesota the reasons are many and variable we're astounded by them every year and we've been there for 25, 26 years, and it's it's an amazing spectacle. And I think it's one of the most uh, identifying characteristics of the state of Minnesota. And I know personally the people who look forward to it, and they plan their time, and it's just a big deal. And so I really hope we have one. Because if we have one, A, that must mean great strides have been made in fighting this virus, mm-hmm. and two... Uh, more and more research will indicate that a a lightening uh, of of the social distancing is allowable uh, to some degree. but but as of this moment, there is no end in sight. as of this moment. there right. is no end in right. sight. because all you have to do is say to the population, which will buy it because we've been trained, to be frightened to death. All you have to say is social distancing is working, which is not a lie. It's working, apparently.
6: It is working. Hey, uh, boys, um, I don't know how this was connected, but we have a phone call. Jerry Hammer calling back? No, to announce no, a date? no. We have a different call, uh, I, and I recognize the voice. Uh, Carl, go ahead.
4: Oh. Yeah, I was calling to tell you about the situation that happened with Al. I don't know if you know, but he's, we're in a nursing home, and they got nurses here, but they make us wear these masks. And uh, he asked the nurse, he said, if she could check his testicles and see if they were black. And she said, no, no, I don't do that. The doctor will be by a little bit. And she continued to clear up, clean things up. And he said, no, I was wondering if you could check to see if my testicles are black. And she says, no, I, yeah, I can't well, what the hell, let's just see what you're talking about. So she pulls the sheet down and grabs his manhood and checks them all out and puts everything back, and she says, no, Al, your testicles aren't black. And Al removed his mask. He says, thank you very much, that was nice, but I was asking you if you could check to see if my test results have come back.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, that was very nice,
6: but... (laughs) Always a pleasure, Carl.
5: Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Carl. Tood- toodaloo. Toodaloo. Uh-huh.
6: <laughs> yeah. the uh, test results are back.
1: I thought it was going to be, are my spectacles back, Uh-oh. meaning his glasses.
5: No, Arnie. Whoa! They said, Whoa! turn was your it, uh, clocks back.
1: Wasn't Carl the guy who called about, about daylight savings one oh, year? Yeah.
5: Yeah. Wasn't that? Uh, is it Carl joke? I think it was. I don't, yeah. It was, uh,
6: <laughs> Thank you. That was very nice, bud. Oh my God. <laughs>
5: <sighs> Woo. Oh, well, that was an odd turn.
1: I'm going to Schmelz today. What are you going to do? Smells Countryside, Volkswagen, Fiat, and Alfa Romeo in Maplewood. Kick the, some uh, tires? You get your South test results e- back. You can't kick tires there. Uh, it's by appointment only. It's to keep everybody safe. You Smart. go to the website, pick what you're interested in, call for an appointment, then you have the floor to yourself. A floor that's been cleaned repeatedly. No, my Alfa Romeo lease is up. The car is due back today. Uh, we'll have a little chat about what the future holds. There's a bit of irony in my life right now that uh, I, I'm always going to need a winter car, but I don't need a winter car right now, so I'll be picking something out at Schmelz, but probably not to acquire until autumn. Okay. And, uh, but I enjoy the, it probably will be another Stelvio. I've never enjoyed a car as much as this Stelvio in the, in the SUV class. It's been extraordinary. And, uh, it's going back today. And I, uh, I urge you to go to their website to check their inventories uh, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com. And then you call and make your own appointment. Uh, and then you'll be uh, safe. Call 651. 651- It's on-site sales by appointment only. That's going to keep the sales staff safe. That's going to keep you safe. And when you get in that car, it's going to smell like, it ain't going to smell like Lemon-scented air freshener, right. yeah, or lemon-scented disinfectant. It's gonna smell the new car smell, the new car smell. That'd lighten the mood, wouldn't it? During oh these yes, certain times. That's Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood, multi-generational dealership. Fantastic. I'll be there this afternoon, and uh, we'll be making arrangements for my next Schmelz purchase, probably in the autumn. We'll be back shortly. This
7: guy wears many hats,
1: just not indoors. Joe Suseuré, joined by our guitar-playing newsman, John Heights.
2: Hi, fellas. How are you?
1: How are you, Johnny? Johnny. <laughs> hey,
5: Rock. Long What's time no on? talk.
6: Yeah. I'll just. <laughs> do you have a I'll joke just... for us, John, or are you just I... going to do news? I'm just going to do news. Got I think. It. Why
2: right. is it joke day? Or no, <laughs> no. It's, no, it's not, okay. Tomorrow, That's good. I don't have any. Uh, let's start with the Midwest Regional Forensic Laboratory. That's up my neck of the woods now. Housed at the Anoka County Sheriff's Office. Yeah. The first forensic lab in the state with a validated method to figure out the THC quantity of a plant or liquid sample. This huh. is important, of course, now, because uh, we can buy this stuff. we got to make sure it's legal. Oh, yeah. Significant development because industrial hemp is legal in Minnesota. Marijuana is not. State laws say industrial hemp isn't marijuana if the THC concentration is below 0.3%. Sheriff's office said it's been difficult for law enforcement to figure out if an item was from a hemp plant or a marijuana plant before the new test because the plants are of the same species. And the rising popularity of hemp products has compounded the difficulties. It's a
1: big industry, isn't it? Industry.
2: Yes, a big it's industry. To
1: get, <laughs> big industry. Right. Tough to get insurance on. That's right. Insurance.
5: And you must have all your permits.
1: Yep. Yeah. For
2: your <laughs> for your industries. Right. <laughs> the uh, Minnesota Office of Traffic Safety said this week, uh, with uh, traffic volume being down forty seven percent in the state, it hasn't helped. There is a frightening flip side. OTS Director Mike Hansen said speed is a huge issue, and people are driving in a reckless or careless manner. You ever listen the to
1: the, the last... podcast? I, I You, you ever listen to the one, podcast? Right? Yeah, we <laughs> talked about this yesterday. And my theory is that those people are driving no differently than they always do, except when there's traffic. Uh, all the other cars mitigate their behavior and slow them
2: down. That's very good. I'll just uh, zip forward then and skip the rest of that story. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) I listened to a lot of them, Joe. I I didn't hear yesterday's yet, so I'll Uh I'll get to it at some point. Got a lot going on, you know. See, it helps.
1: uh, helps, uh,
2: What do you mean you got a lot going on? You have
1: nothing going on.
2: (laughs) That was was a joke. Oh, I see. Yeah. 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 Boy, now I'm afraid to do any of the rest of these stories. Oh, I'm going to nail you! I'm going to nail you! This is oh, going an an <laughs> to we... be fun. This will be fun.
1: Let's see what's next.
2: All right. Uh, speaking of driving fast, did you see a team of drivers apparently has taken advantage uh, to set a new coast-to-coast driving record? Let
1: me just throw this one away.
2: Well, <laughs> oh, you had that one for today, then.
1: <laughs> uh, team allegedly sets new cannonball run record on empty highways. You know, I don't That's think it. they're they're yep. John. I don't think that record should count for
2: them. Well, neither is anybody else, if, if you continue reading the story right, here. Uh, right, The experts are saying, no, no, it just doesn't matter. Uh, according to Ed Bolian, who set a record in 2013 when highway congestion was normal, the Audi A8 completed the cannonball run from New York to L.A. in 26 hours and 38 minutes. That beat the previous record of 27 hours, 25 minutes, set last November by Arnie Tillman and right. Doug Taboot. Right. But... Uh, This news comes, of course, as police across the country uh, report seeing that increase in speeding. We talked about Uh, people involved in the coast-to-coast stunt have not been publicly uh, named, but a photo of the car that was briefly posted to Facebook by another acquaintance shows that the Audi was fitted with two marine fuel tanks in its trunk. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture. Yeah. Jeez. It it looks, uh, Yeah. Uh, A was one of several previous record holders and regular competitors in illicit cross-country races, like the C2C Express and the 2904, to suggest the high-speed run was more reckless, inappropriate, or simply less worthy hold than on, theirs. Hold on. Go ahead,: no
1: Average speed of 103 miles an hour.
2: Wow. wow. An Instagram story on the of the Cannibal account said none of these so-called records have any value. We will not publish them because doing runs in these COVID-19 days devalues the difficulty of the exercise and it could end up badly. Mm-hmm. Alex Roy, whose 2006 record was beaten by Bolian, who now works as a special ops director for Ford's Argo AI autonomous car subsidiary, tweeted that patriotism equals staying off our roads until this is over. If you hit a truck moving medical supplies and people die because of it, that's on you. And even Car and Driver, where the organizer of the original 71 Cannonball run, Brock Yates, was a writer, uh, published an editorial that said cross-country cannonball speed records are dumb in response to the new record attempt. I agree. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson needs some time to recover from the coronavirus and is unlikely to be back at work soon. That news comes from his father, 55-year-old U.K. leader spent three nights in intensive care at St. Thomas's Hospital in London. He was moved back to a regular ward on Thursday night, and his office said he was in the early phases of recovery. Bad news, Joe. Postal Service. Yeah, I'm worried. Very worried. Yeah. Postmaster General Megan Brennan had warned a long time ago uh, that they would run out of cash by 2024 without some reform. But now with a sharp drop in mail volume during the corona, uh, coronavirus pandemic, she told committee members Thursday the postal service will quote uh, quote run out of cash this fiscal year Holy cow wow.
1: I got to take another shot at uh, signing up for direct deposit. <laughs> I failed the first time doing it. And like I have it's to try a, it again. A,
5: a, a milestone. It's just a, you know, a well, couple of clicks. and give them their router number, your account number. Look,
1: I'm being driven into the modern era where I don't want to be.
6: You're a resistor. Well, yeah. but wait a minute. Well, we can talk about this probably off the air. I, I have a feeling I know why that happened, Joe. Okay. Okay. But but I'm curious because honestly, I'm mailing way more stuff now than I would have because I can't go anywhere. So I'm surprised that they're not seeing as much traffic. It's,
1: it's the commercial postal traffic, the items from companies and things. Oh, the, I suppose the bulk mailing is way down. Okay, I, uh, I I
5: I did my part. I had to send something out to Boston. Twenty-four bucks. I sent a care package out to the kid at the USP via the USPS.
2: Keeping them alive. Yep. I did stop at the post office the other day to mail something, and there were only two people there. And it usually has about thirty people in that post office, so Lousers. things were definitely, definitely down there. Uh, what they would like, Brendan said, the USPS now expects a thirteen billion—that's with a B—dollar revenue loss tied directly to COVID nineteen this fiscal year. Over the next eighteen months, that loss would approach twenty-two billion, and could exceed fifty-four billion within the next decade.
5: May I ask a logistics question that you guys may or may not know the answer to? If the uh, Postmaster General, if she says that they're going to run out of money by 2024, does that mean if you're a retired postal worker, is your uh, pension in trouble, or is that, just, is that just the normal day-to-day operation funding will run
1: I can, out? I can answer it in one way only, and that is they're, they're always uh, underfunded precisely because of the pensions they're paying okay they they owe so much to retired postal employees that the current volume of mail is not generating the income they need, so I don't know if that's
2: an answer or not
5: okay it's closer
2: and they have uh, hiked prices quite a bit in the last twenty years, uh, literally every five years about uh, I know that because I mail a lot of packages out,
1: but uh, me too, and i and they still haven't hit a price per stamp that's going to cause me to no. not use the mail.
2: To yeah, me, it's still it. a
1: miracle that I put a stamp on a piece on an envelope and it gets delivered to a friend of mine in in Los Angeles. It's a miracle that, to me. But, for forty nine cents, or what are we paying now for a stamp? I think we're up to 56, 70. So have they, seven, they eight, haven't eight. hit my number yet. They haven't hit my number.
2: Gotcha. Are you uh, saying?
5: Well, wait, I'm sorry, John. Are you saying, yeah, Joe, but, that the, was it? The, the pensions that are, have given them this loss of revenue and and yeah, and they're op-
1: under they're underwater. They don't generate enough income to, to support the, the promises made to their workers.
2: Okay, gotcha. Uh, Forbes has announced its 23rd annual Major League Baseball valuations, a ranking oh. of the Major League Baseball's 30 teams. Uh, the New York Yankees, not surprisingly, have remained in the top spot for 23 straight years with a valuation this year of $5 billion, <laughs> up 9% from oh, last God. year. The Yankees generated six hundred eighty-three million dollars in revenue last year, one hundred twenty-seven million more than the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers are the second most valuable team on this year's ranking. They're valued at three point four million dollars. Uh, other teams that do well in the rankings: the Red Sox, the Cubs, the San Francisco Giants.
6: Where are we at, Johnny?
2: Uh, I did not see the entire list. I'm not going to lie to you because I looked huh. specifically for that and couldn't get in if I didn't have a Forbes membership so first, I did not get
1: that.
5: First sorry. class stamps are 55 cents. 55. 55.
1: 55. That's not near my, I don't know what the That's number not is. It's your number. It's like gasoline. I got a number, per ga- cost per gallon, but we ain't there yet. Gotcha.
2: Uh, did you, you guys, perhaps I'm late to this party. And like I said, I've been mailing packages for years because I sell CDs and stuff online. Uh, different regions of the country cost more. Did you know that? No. I did not know that. Uh, for instance, if I want to mail something to a certain region, it might cost me four bucks to send a CD. A different region costs three and a quarter. I've no
3: idea. Wow, that's I, weird. I, didn't
2: I just found that out last year. So, mm. Plus you anyway, think
5: CDs would be just a flat rate.
2: You would think so. Yes, a new milestone for Bob Dylan this week: his first number one hit. According, to I found board, that
1: hard to believe, man.
2: Yeah, according to Billboard, his new song, Murder Most Foul, has topped its rocket digital song sales chart, giving him his first number one under his own name. His surprise release a 17-minute song, which addresses the JFK assassination, among other things. According to Nielsen Data, it sold 10,000 downloads between its release and April 2nd. The song was the first new music since his 2012 album, Tempest. As Billboard pointed out, others have had number one hits with his songs, like Peter, Paul, and Mary with Blown in the Wind," The Birds with "Mr. Tambourine Man." However, his highest-charting single, a handful of number two slots, like Rolling Stone" and "Rainy Day Women," number twelve and thirty-five, reached number two on the Hot 100 in the '60s. And times have changed; uh, things have changed. Excuse me, rose to number two on the Adult Alternative Song Chart in the year two thousand.
1: Well, it's a great, great. song if you've yeah. got a half hour to kill. It's, <laughs> you
2: know. uh,
1: it's a long song. Uh, I think it's yeah. 17 minutes, isn't it? It, it is, yes. 16-something. Yeah. Okay. And Remember.
6: remind me, John, you said you did not. Because the last time we a- asked you about it, you said you had not heard the whole thing yet.
2: No, I, I listened to the whole thing. We, we did a whole bit on it uh, one day after after oh, that.
6: gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Remember that day, Chris? I don't, John. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to be honest. I don't.
2: <laughs> Mort Drucker. You guys know who Mort is? Was? Mm-mm. A longtime contributor to Mad Magazine. He's oh, the fellow that. The yeah, artist. He drew all the caricatures of actors, politicians, celebrities, did all their movie and TV uh, parodies. Uh, he has passed away. Uh, he, he was around a while, though. He was 91 years old. Uh, he specialized in illustrating Mad's movie and television satires, inspired several generations of cartoonists. Uh, his drawing for a 1970 Time magazine cover, Battle for the Senate, now in the National Portrait Gallery, featured a pileup of 15 individually characterized figures, including President Nixon, Vice President Agnew. His takeoff on MGM retrospective feature, That's Entertainment, published in 1975, featured more than two dozen stars. Uh, he was well-known in the business for all those caricatures. Uh, he not only satirized popular culture, he also became part of it. Appearing on the Tonight Show in 1985, the actor Michael J. Fox told Johnny Carson he knew he had made it in show business when Mort Drucker drew his head. Not everyone was pleased, though. According to Hendrix Mad's 1981 parody of *The Empire Strikes Back*, uh, he prompted Lucas Film Legal Department to send a cease and desist letter demanding the issue be recalled. It wasn't. In fact, Mad replied by sending a copy of a different letter that Lucas had sent, uh, comparing Mort Drucker to Leonardo da Vinci. Lucas knew Drucker's work well. He'd commissioned one of Drucker's classic pileups as the poster for his first hit American Graffiti.
1: Is he responsible for drawing Alfred
2: E. Newman? Uh, he also did Alfred E. Newman. Yeah, get out of my he head, Joe. Help. Get mm-hmm. out of my head. He would also put Alfred E. Newman, if you've read Mad Magazine, you may have a caricature of The Empire Strikes Back, and all of a sudden you'd see Alfred E. Newman among the characters <laughs> from the film. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, I'm most oh, so skeptical on this story. Perfect, Perfect. Perfect, Perfect health. Perfect health. <laughs> Perfect <laughs> health. Perfect <laughs> health. Who, who was that? that Me. That was Joe. Perfect health. <laughs> you, right, you all right, Joe? Yep. You've been staying home, I hope. The only yep. man that
5: hasn't left his house is the one that's coughing. <laughs>
6: Hey John, before you uh, before yeah. you continue, um, uh, yes. boys, uh, I got a note from our buddy Ryan that owns uh, Elevated Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Mm. Oh yeah. Um, so Rook, uh, I put it in order. He said he's so happy with the, the involvement now with GL that um, he wanted me to make a, a little announcement. So he sent he's sending a care package to the studios because one of the things that they're advertising is. Their delivery service. Well, uh, nice. Check this out. I'm, I'm not. I'm so, not if there. you're inside the 694 494 loop, Johnny, I forget if you are or not. Uh, y- no, yeah. he's not. Okay, no, you're not, not, John. So, I'm, I'm, okay. John, no, you're
1: not. I, I'm lying.
6: So, if you oh, are, because Rook, I know Rook, I know that yes. you are. Yep. Uh If you and Joe, you are as well. Their delivery service now yep. it's a flat five dollars and ninety nine cent fee. Wow! So you place your order online, elevated.shop, or just go right to their website, elevatedbws.com, or download their app at Elevated Beer in the app store. Check this out. You shop just like you would in their store. So everything is the exact same price. They don't upcharge for delivery, and you get that order within an hour. Come on. If you go to one of the big box stores or whatever, usually it's like a day or a couple of days yeah. to get your order. You're getting it within the hour. It's very mm. dangerous. Very so you uh, well, got about 500 vehicles? Well, they're they're using Postmates um, oh. to, to do their delivery service, and it works out really slick. So, Rook, here's what's coming for us. What do we got? Uh, I ordered a, a four-pack of mosh pit for me. I ordered a uh, little squeezy juice ale from Deschutes for you. Sure, like that squeezy. one. And uh, we have a little Bell's Two Hearted coming for uh, Joe and for John. So uh, either you know we can just split that, right? We'll let, you know here, that, that or, uh, we'll let you know how that where that lands, or maybe we'll just uh, you know maybe we'll deliver that. We don't over want it to, to get Mayor's warm. House. Um, but anyway, so check them out. It's it's super easy to shop all of their products through the website elevated.shop, or just download the app. It's they also do curbside pickup if you want to place your order and then just stop by and pick it up. But they're wonderful guys to work with. They're GLers, and they're so happy with the relationship here in Garage Logic that they wanted to send a care package for and, the staff.
5: And I think it can That's help. enough. Mo, it can help you with your relationship <laughs> by saying, "Look, it. I didn't go out today to get any uh, essentials, so to speak." Right. Beep. It just dropped right off of your house. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, so I'm, thanks to uh, our friends at nice. Elevated. I'm not going to lie. I, I've been sending the kid to pick up beer. For me. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got nobody to send. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, angler on quarantine. Again, I'm a little skeptical about this. On quarantine lockdown in Dubai, accomplished a rare feat recently by landing a fish from his apartment balcony 50 feet above ground. Whoa, I oh. saw the video, John. I know I did, too.
1: Wait, there's video uh, of this? Well, do yeah, you think there's the
6: somebody
2: video. down there uh, doing a
6: Richard Royce
2: and hooking up the fish? <laughs> right,
6: right <through> the... <laughs> It's still frozen.
2: <laughs> Philip Duplessis told For the Wind Outdoors that he became so stir-crazy just had to try, given that his apartment overlooks a canal that showed more promise with each passing day. So one night at the end of March on his 11th day of lockdown, Plesius put a shrimp on his hook and began casting. The accompanying footage, captured by his wife, Barisa, shows the hookup with a lively bream fish. I had to look that up. I didn't know what a bream fish was. Some kind of carp, apparently. Well, the shrimp he used to catch it would have been better than the fish he caught. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he caught the fish, and he says to the camera, Balcony Bream, sinking to his knees and laughing in disbelief. Because it was so late, he was concerned he might have disturbed his neighbors living below Plessis is the owner of a uh, sport fishing charters company, told for the one outdoors that he had to cast 40 to 50 feet just to reach the water, and it happened after his second cast. Asked if he considered throwing the bream back, he replied, no, unfortunately it wouldn't have survived the fall, would have landed on the walkway. So he gave it to the building security guard to eat. Plessis is originally from South Africa, said his neighborhood is on lockdown for another two weeks to help reduce the spread of covid 19. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh,
1: That's
5: crazy. I'm watching the video right now.
2: Yeah, I don't know if i buy it. It's, uh, yeah, it's a tough story to buy. Yeah. Excuse me, I'm going backwards here. Here we go. <laughs> I lost my place on my computer. We talked about this the other day, the astronauts, uh, follow up here, three-man crew docked successfully at the International Space Station Thursday, leaving behind a planet overwhelmed by the coronavirus pandemic. I didn't even hear about this until I read the paper today. Did you guys? I did not. No. Russian space agency Roscosmos said the Soyuz MS-16 capsule docked successfully. Anatoly Ivanchinin, Ivan Wagner, they're Russians, and NASA's Chris Cassidy reached the ISS at 1413 GMT just over six hours after blasting off from the Cosmodrome in Baikonur where COVID-19 caused changes to pre-launch protocol. Now usually the crew faces questions from a bunch of press before being waved off by family and friends, but neither was possible this time because of travel restrictions implos- uh, imposed because of the virus. Although the crew did respond to email questions from journalists in a Wednesday press conference. The American, fifty-year-old Cassidy, admitted the crew had been affected by their families not being able to be in Baikonur, Russia's space hub in neighboring. I'm, I got to get this right. Kazakhstan, no Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Their, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. For their blast off to the ISS, astronauts routinely go into quarantine ahead of space missions and give a final press conference from behind a glass wall. That process began even earlier than usual last month as the trio and the reserve crew hunkered down in Russia's Star City Training Center outside Moscow. The next crew to return to Earth from the ISS will be flying to the home countries on April 17th, and that will be via Baikonur also in Russia, rather than Karaganda, as usual, part of the new travel measures because of the pandemic.
1: John, that's, that's fantastic. Yes. Okay, that's it. So yeah, I'll new... tell you what, Johnny. We're really yeah. looking forward to the new music we're going to be getting from you and uh, Dylan. <laughs> are you? Well, it's not like you got anything
2: else to do. Well, Let's go here. I, you know what I did this morning? I ordered a new guitar, so maybe I can. Use well, there you guitar. are. There, fantastic.
1: Fantastic. Uh, I know you don't like. Uh, I know you don't like Tragically Hip for some reason. Well, I don't what,
2: dislike them. Oh, fine.
1: what a great right. uh, documentary on uh, on Netflix on their last tour. Well,
2: what's that called? I'm, I'm looking for stuff. The
1: Long look. Run. The Long Run. Yeah, it's when the front man, uh, Gord Downey. He was dying, right? Yeah, he. they went out, and he had just been diagnosed with uh, incurable brain cancer. And I had no idea how well-received they are, uh, I suppose, along with Rush they're the two most famous canadian bands that they, they yeah. sold they've sold out every hockey arena in canada for 30 years yeah they're very popular well, very not popular
6: not to make i'm not making a joke but nickelback's got to be more popular too aren't they i would imagine i'm not a nickelback fan i'm not fan. either i'm not either but they're i know that they always sell out giant arenas up there mm-hmm. are they canadian i i'm almost positive but they I are i not know that yeah not that I care, but okay. <laughs> You'll take my word for it. Yes, I will. Uh, thank you, Johnny.
1: You bet. We'll talk to you next week. See you, Johnny. And uh, we'll be back uh, with They are Canadian. Patrick, yeah. Patrick Royce will be joining us.
0: This is Patrick Ricey for The Canopy Group. Do you make practical decisions based on being lucky? Do you have one agent representing only one company for your home and auto insurance are you hoping they are lucky enough to have the best coverage at the best price for you Ah, the canopy group believes you deserve more than luck when it comes to your home and auto insurance you deserve a true and tried process the canopy group has a dedicated team of 30 professionals and hand selects their 16 companies They match each client with the company that best fits their individual needs. This due diligence and hard work results in the best coverage at the best price for Canopy clients. No luck, just a disciplined and dedicated approach to serving you. Remember, new clients enjoy an average savings of over $600. Request a quote today at thecanopygroup.com or call
6: 800-967-3389.
7: Hey Pat. Yeah, I hear we're taking jokes. We're calling in jokes. <laughs>
5: yeah, what do you got, Pat? Go ahead and give us your What I'm smells like to, paint?
7: I think I think my uh, my uh, my grandson
6: makes up his
7: own. Some of them are occasionally funny but none of them who I can remember I forgot I about the blue right
6: paint now. joke
7: yeah a lot of poopy yeah.
5: jokes Patrick a lot of poopy yeah. jokes from those young kids oh no he's
7: older now he's like uh, he's uh, nine so he's, uh, his jokes are a little older
1: now. So. hey Pat <laughs> yes. Pat uh yes. Are you re- are you ready for the invasion of giant Asian hornets that's the latest we got uh, we're gonna have an invasion of giant uh, age, do they Asian Asian hornets virus? They no, they the kill you with one sting. They have nothing to do with the virus.
7: What? What? Uh, where'd they come from now? Asia. Who those in? Who well, they're getting it. In?
1: You can get them. They that's come a over on long around.
7: flight for a home. Oh, <laughs> <God> <laughs> almighty, that's yeah. a long way to go.
1: It really is. But yeah. they're here. They're going to kill us. And uh, so we got that going for us. They're already here? I, I, they're here, I think, probably in Fort Myers or something. in Fort Myers, yeah. So what's,
5: so what's going to happen here is, once we all finally are back and dancing in the streets with our arms in the air, <laughs> celebrating, so here comes a hornet down your throat, and you're dead.
1: <laughs> hey, get this. The yellow-legged critters were accidentally introduced to France oh. from China in 2004, and they have been spreading rapidly throughout Europe and other parts of the world ever since. Experts estimate the Asian hornet colonized most of France at a rate of roughly 37 to 50 miles a year. And uh, then they went to uh, Spain, Portugal, Belgium, Italy, Germany. They made it to the U.K. in 2016 and uh, showed up here first in did, 2019. you
7: got a nice big bottle of rain and you see one? Well, they kill
1: them? I hope Will so. Will doer rain do it? Might like have a- to shoot it.
7: I was thinking of a
5: big butterfly net. Some guy chasing them down with a big oversized (laughs) butterfly net.
7: Well, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff out to get us, man. I think, uh, you know, there's Now, here's the deal. Will the pythons eat them?
4: No, I don't think... In
7: Florida, will the python eat himself a good hornet? I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know, because we got the pythons, you know, or uh, the pythons... With, all of, with everybody shut in now, are basically having the time of their life. They can go anywhere they want to now, right? They just keep their – I think they're coming straight up 75 now. I yep. saw
5: one in the public's parking lot a couple of days ago, <laughs> just worming around.
7: We got uh, – we don't know if we got 5,000 of them or 300,000 of them, but whatever it is, there's going to be more tomorrow because – know, well, when the pythons have babies, Joe, they got like 15 or 20, live 30 of them. Right. And there's, there's nothing to kill them, no. except other pythons. So
1: uh, This should really be the thing. Friday of the Masters. This would be the Friday of the Masters.
7: Oh. Yeah. More than that, it should be Good Friday.
1: It is Good know? Friday. Although Trump is tweeting out, Happy Good Friday, everybody. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> no.
7: That's
1: In not fact, really a...
7: I texted... My granddaughter, who has a phone, and, and told her to make sure that she and her brother realize that they can't have any fun today. Right. There's supposed to be no fun and, in fact, no laughter. That's so right. Don't watch anything on TV that would cause you to laugh. So, That's right. come on. That's, uh, you know, it, even if we can't go to church, we can be somber, damn it. That's true. That's yes. true. Mm-hmm. I talked to a young lady today who plays basketball in Madrid. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's. Uh, um, um, and you know what she did, Joe? Huh. I was trying to call her and I couldn't get through. She got me, she called me from her computer onto my phone. Huh. <laughs> and then she talked to me and I could look at her.
5: Explain that to Joe if how that happened.
7: I, 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 you if, say keynotes? <laughs> If you think I have any idea, was she was in Madrid? Like, yeah, she was in Madrid, and they got, they've had the lock, lock, lockdown since March May, uh, since March 10th or so. But the old Catholics are trying to go to mass. You know, they
1: yeah
7: they've been told not to, and uh, some guy threw a mass last yesterday. And uh, they, also, they they filled the church, and everybody got cited for it. But, you know, Holy Week's a big deal in Spain and Italy and these places, and uh, the old gals who can't go to church, man, are not happy. No. So anyway, so, now, as a kid, I think you can join me in this. We would have been happy as we could get if, there, if we had a virus that canceled Holy Week. Yeah. I mean, the rosaries, the stations, the Good Friday, three hours. Yeah. You know, the the Holy Saturday. Don't be happy yet, you
1: little. Can't be happy yet,
5: no.
7: (laughs) Not yet, because we aren't sure.
5: That was my favorite sports talk, Saturday morning sports.
7: It's 50 50 on Saturday. You can't
5: be happy till the two
1: Corinthians and the Easter Bunny show. Right.
5: That's right. That One day, I remember that one holy Saturday, we broke it down on Saturday Sports Talk. Pat came in saying, what are we supposed to be right now? Are we a little happy?
6: Are we sad?
5: What? Where are we? And that was, Saturday, the, that was yeah, the entire what? topic of the two-hour show, people calling because
6: in. On, because on
7: Saturday, the guy, he's gone, right?
1: Yes. Right.
7: They, go, they move the rock, and he's not there anymore. That's so right. They moved the rock. He's not there anymore. We don't know. What's
1: yeah, but he was biased because, you know, that was his son. He only brought right. back <laughs> one guy. <laughs> Who's
5: the guy that got the call to, hey, Larry, we got to run and move the big rock because uh, it's about to, listen, Leroy Jenkins. It's going to happen. <laughs>
7: well, anyway, anyway, garbage truck came, Joe. Oh, oh boy. Only- it was a one, one and done today. We only get one today. And I didn't have any extra stuff. Yeah. He couldn't have been here 10 seconds. You wait all week. Yeah. I get 10, 12 seconds. Boom, yeah. boom. They pick it up. They don't even, you know, the world was a better place when a guy got off, the, when there was one guy driving and the other guy got off the truck and kept it in. Yeah, man. Don't you think so? It was yep. a better, it was good for employees. Now they go to the, they go, and they pick it up with the, whatever the deal is, and they shake it. But sometimes they don't get her all out of there. When you had no. a guy, <laughs> when you had a guy, he got it all out of there. You
1: know why, Pat? Because no. he why? took a look.
7: He did. Yeah. He
1: took a look. Takes
7: a look. Yeah, nobody takes a look. There'll be, I'll be out there, and there'll be some wet stuff down on the bottom still yep. there. And very upsetting. Very yeah. upsetting. Especially so, when
1: you only had 10 seconds worth of entertainment. <laughs>
7: that's right. Well, hey. Hey, I yelled at the wife that he was out there, but she didn't stir. Didn't
1: oh, know. she missed it. Jeez. My, <laughs> guy did me, uh, my guy did me a hell of a favor uh, on Tuesday. Uh, he emptied my uh, the bin, and then he got out of the truck and told me, we're not, uh, we're not taking anything outside the bin. And I had a bunch of uh, dried-up plants from, from Christmas. I paid
7: the premium price so that I could get stuff outside the
1: bin. Well, but because of the Covo... They're not touching anything outside the bin. As he's saying this, he's kind of looking at me like I'm doing you a favor. And he loads up the bin again mm-hmm. with all the stuff that I had outside oh, the bin, nice. and he dumped that. Thank he you. was a he was a hail Thank fellow, well met. Well,
7: Frank would have never even said that to you, right? Frank? Oh, Frank
1: would have just tossed. Frank it in would have
7: there. just done it. He would have tossed it. I could have had a dead
1: horse out there, and Frank would have put it in <laughs> yeah. there. Where'd
7: you get the tickets? Yeah. For us. Top of the garbage can. Top of the garbage <laughs> so can. Send that <laughs> to Howard taped, Fox. Tape to the garbage lid. Oh, you know
1: that God. story, Reeves?
5: Uh, he, he had to leave because the, uh, the uh,
1: delivery is here. Oh, for Pete's sake. They're getting a beer delivery, Pat, in the and, middle of the show. He
5: drops it right outside wow. the door.
7: Now, yeah. now, Rook is not with you in the garage, I think. He's no, Rook's with, in the uh, studio.
5: I'm sitting in the uh, in the green room on the other side of the glass. Oh,
7: okay. Because uh, I'm using the one mic when I'm in there once a week. The one down next to the wall there. So let's uh, S- let's not be breathing into everything. So
5: no, no. In yeah. fact, I've uh, I've Cloroxed the hell out of anything I touch or leave.
7: Well, you know what? I was all now now. What they say the other yesterday was it? It might not be six feet. It might be 27 feet. Right. <laughs> Boy, those lines at the grocery store where they have the little squares. Yep. It's going to be 27 feet. Man, why, hey, what's happening to us? Hey, have we moved?
1: <laughs> 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 Reeves is back. They,
7: they Reeves, They keep yes, moving sir. the goal lines. They keep moving the goal lines on us, man.
1: Did you ever hear my story about uh, my trash guy getting twins tickets? No, yeah my guy frank domaris i became a good friend of his and he's now retired uh he found uh, tickets taped to the underside of a garbage can lid on his route okay from a customer said frank i hope you and your kid enjoy these anyway he go this is in the metrodome days he goes to the game there's about you know what they draw 6500 people uh, and yeah, there's this Frank. Was
7: in, yeah, yeah. This was in the lean, early 80s.
1: Right. And and so Frank and his kid are there. Where did uh you know right above uh, third base I guess in a box. I think the Twins were third base. base. They were first, well, base. Twins
7: were first base. He's yeah.
1: above first base in a box. Oh wait, you might be right. I can't. Yeah, third base. Yeah. Third base. And yeah. uh, Okay, Abbott and Costello. <laughs>
5: so- <laughs> I don't know, third base.
1: <laughs> so so Howard Fox, the traveling secretary. <laughs> Uh, who was an obsequious uh, guy uh, for Calvin? He turns around. He never saw Frank in those seats before, and he said, "Hey, season ticket holder." And Frank says, "No, found him taped to a lid on my garbage can, route. <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> Howard gulped and turned around. Right
7: around. <laughs> uh, my my litany of, "Hey, did you see that? I found somebody found for me the Billy uh, in the horse."
1: Yes, yes.
7: It was uh, April, uh, mid-April of 84, when he'd been fired by the Yankees and he hadn't found a new job yet. Yep. Uh, he was, uh, it, and, and that woman, Jane Gear or something, she married him, was his fourth wife and stayed married to him until his death five years later. Wow. So.
6: Huh. Did you tell Joe, or Joe, did you tell Pat about the, the Billy Martin baseball card that Kelsey sent you?
1: I guess his uh, his nineteen seventy two. Was he? When did he manage the Tigers? About seventy two.
7: Well, he got fired here, and they were his next job, right? Yeah, yeah. They well, seventy one, two, and three, I think.
1: Yeah, seventy two is top's baseball card. He's clearly giving the finger to the
6: uh, oh, to the really? camera.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, well, it's extended down his leg. Yeah, and you he's, can see he's, that he's
6: pointing down. It's not yeah. pointing up, which is yeah. brilliant. Yeah. yeah, you know that. Uh, the, of the
7: of his famous punches, Foxy was one of his first, Howard Fox. Oh, yeah,
1: that's right. And he
7: had a very good reason for punching Foxy because he didn't give him his key. Howard used to dramatically hang out the keys, hand right. out the keys. When right. He got to a hotel, and he didn't give Billy his key fast enough. And oh,
1: boy. Foxy.
7: Yeah. Was, <laughs> he, he got oh. A, you know, because thought, Billy thought he was holding it back from him just to agitate him. And... By the way, it did agitate him. He punched him.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
5: okay. I'm 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 looking at the stat, his stats. I, I've got him up on Wikipedia where where he was a manager. Why? What was his draw? He I, he's listed with what one two six different teams.
7: Yeah, but the Yankees are the only, he managed here Detroit, Texas, and Oakland, right? And yes. Then he, uh, but he managed the Yankees five different times.
5: What was his draw why why I mean, I know him and Steinbrenner had uh you know good days and bad days, but what was his draw as a manager?
7: Uh, he usually won you know? yeah, he, he could won. win and, and the public liked him you know back he's a character they thought he was feisty, but he was you know a hopeless idiot alcoholic but uh for some reason he he apparently was a pretty good exit as an old guy, a pretty good manager as far as running a team, but, uh, you know. The thing about his Texas uh, thing, uh, that Rook, Rook was, he got all his drinking buddies down there. Mm. He, he, got like, I mean, like he brought in, and not only uh, did he drink, but half his players, Fergosi and uh, Jim Merritt from the Twins, <laughs> these guys were all, he, he got the heaviest drinkers he could find. <laughs> on his team. It was just unbelievable. He was just nuts.
1: It was, uh, you know, just just amazing. Hey Pat, you got any plans for the weekend?
7: <laughs> <laughs> Are you having a good day? You know, I gotta to go to the store. Somebody asked me if I'm having a good day, so I said, "No, I'm not supposed to." It's Good no. Friday. That's I'm Good Friday. Really That's good the rule. <laughs> <What the laughs> hell's wrong with you, you heathen?
1: That's right. You know, Could get very cloudy at three o'clock too.
7: Yeah, and by the way, what time is she? One thirty. Almost. I look, I looked out at noon, sunny. I'm now looking out here, getting cloudy, getting That's right. cloudy. Oh, it's proud So, baby. Pat,
6: one of the things that we've kind of been enamored with in the podcast studio is uh, Kenny found the Itasca State Park, uh, the river cam, you know, where the, the birth of the Mississippi yes. River. And right. so we've been monitoring it. You know, there's been families come out with their kids, maybe taking their first steps across the Mississippi, and they'll bring a dog out there. Well, Rook and I Oh, about forty-five minutes ago, we noticed a nice young couple yeah. um, that were going out there, and we thought Hello. maybe we'd. Uh... Okay. <laughs> I wish there was and a they... Zoom. <laughs> was, I was going to say, do we have a, do we have an overview, or is just
4: kind
7: of a...
6: Just to kind of a broad view of the uh, of, mm-hmm. of, of the stream. It's uh, it's really nice though. So
7: uh, they weren't social. It Didn't appear that they were going to social distance.
6: No, I don't. Uh, I don't think mm-hmm. that was going to be the case.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: In fact, currently there's six people on the camera. And nobody is social distancing.
1: No, no. <laughs> mm-hmm.
7: Well, it's uh, it, it, I, you know what? I don't approve. I'm social
1: distancing, and got. I'm tired of it. By the way, I was But I don't want to get it. this. It doesn't sound good if you
4: get it. It doesn't no, sound
1: like no, it's
7: good. No, and you know what? Uh, I was talking to a young lady today who had a, her second child uh, about two months ago. And she says she's within four pounds of well she didn't tell me this, her husband did. She's within four pounds of what she weighed before the pregnancy. I said, I'm not within ten pounds of what I weighed before the pandemic started. <laughs> 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 we're all what not you getting fat, Joe? You yes. Yeah, we yes. All are. So we're, we're all getting fat. Yeah. I asked I asked Garver that yesterday on the Q on the call and I said You're getting fat like the rest of us, (laughs) you know, sitting around doing nothing. But, you know, those guys are working out. You know, he and Max Kepler are not social distancing. They're practicing uh, baseball
4: together.
1: Which we have no word on, do we? None.
7: No. God, it's
1: uh, – The latest I heard is they might play in leagues that approximate their spring training alignments.
7: Yeah. So we'd be playing
1: Boston about 15, 25 times.
7: Oh, really? Oh, yeah. so you just, you'd, you'd call them games and just play. Uh, I guess. Play and, you know, so they the four teams down in southwest Florida, oh, oh Florida's getting, you know, it looks like Florida's going to start getting the crap
6: kicked out of it. I don't know what you guys are talking about because I've been watching FSN and the Twins are undefeated so far this so year. Oh, <laughs> really? they Really? They haven't lost a game you yet. You know
7: what? Last <laughs> night, apparently, they replayed a Michael Jordan playing the Timberwolves game. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. It was like, People were tweeting about it like it was happening. What is wrong with you, sick idiot? Yeah. It's already over. It, it took place. What do you? You can't take any enjoyment from it, you, you dummies. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's it's not you know to break down a Michael Jordan game from 20 years ago. You got serious.
6: Issues. Well, I will say this, though, Pat. Uh, there was a game on, I think it was MLB Network. It was game four, Twins versus Atlanta, and it was the one where Pagliarulo hit the home run to go up 2-1, to one, and Smoltz stared at him. I forgot about this and just went, I can't believe I gave up a home run to that guy. <laughs> uh, but the Pags have a big home run in that series, too, it was, he the uh,
7: one that, he had the one against Toronto.
6: Against yeah, this the, was game four in Atlanta, and they took the 2-1 to one lead. It was when... Uh, TK took Jack out in the sixth or something like that because Pali Rulo uh, gave him the lead. They ended up losing in the bottom of the ninth. Well, they lost
7: all three. Yep. Was, you
6: know,
1: so Pat, yeah. have a great Easter if that's possible. Well,
7: uh, I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> well said. I'll we remain depressed and ornery until this damn thing's over. Forget right. this good
6: attitude stuff. i hell with it. I'll, t-
1: <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll talk <laughs> yeah. to you Monday. Right. I got
7: I to go.
6: Hey, that's your sign-off.
1: That is. Say there's still time to get to uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo and get your double-smoked ham for Easter. They're open for business. They're doing marvelous business. Uh, GLers continue to meet each other there. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market in Hugo. It's on Highway 61, just at the north end of town. You can't miss it. There's the big red GL sign out front. But this is the best Easter ham you will ever have. And they're open tomorrow. Double-smoked hams for Easter, and as long as you're there, oh, you might as well so load good. up on everything else. The burgers, the steaks, the chops, the chicken, the salmon, the jerky, every possible form of meat you could want for grilling. They're helpful with instructions. You're going to love every aspect of Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, and it is the best double-smoked ham you'll ever have mm. for your Easter table. Mm-mm, mm-mm, Mm, Grunhoffers, old-fashioned meats. Well, boys, you have a nice Easter. Wait a minute, wait a minute. We have
6: to step aside for a brief moment, Joe. Huh. Well, you know what today is? Oh, for Pete's sake. Come uh, on. You got Can you have a scramble
1: on Good Friday?
5: I think
6: we have to today. All right, hang tight. I
1: think in,
5: in anticipation of.
6: Plus, we have, uh, we have some news. Rook and I have some news to share with you when we yes, get back. Yes. All right, all right.
1: Today is
5: Friday.
6: T G T I Friday. It's a scramble. So Ruck, yep. will you do the honors? Uh, oh, yeah. We had a package delivered, Joe. Oh yeah, from our friends at, uh, at Elevated. One's for you, one's for me, one's for Rook. Okay, look at that. What did I tell you? I placed the order when I told you, and it's already here. It took about forty-five minutes for that thing to get here.
0: Little
5: squeezy, yeah. That's for me. That's for you. Yeah. Uh, what is this? This is Surly.
6: That's Mosh Pit. Oh, nice. But, but Joe doesn't like hazy IPA, so that one's for me, and a nice.
5: Uh, uh, Single can six pack
1: of Bell's Two Hearted Ale. What do you mean a single can? They,
6: they just dropped off six cans. It looks like no box. And it's anything. gonna be in a weird it, cause it'll look like it's torn in half from yeah, a twelve pack. They but they cut it in half. I, I guess they're selling <laughs> half six packs So
1: service store, Rook. Service store. We'll see what we can do with our buddy. Service store. <laughs> I, I got <gotcha>. you.
5: <laughs> hey, enjoy yourself. And you know what? I forgot to tell you on your, on the Twitter page before I came in, I did a. removal and a replacement of a toilet Uh in one hour. No way. No leaks. The whole thing? I forgot to bring that up. I was going to bring that up earlier. Yes. So I'm very proud of myself. I'm really high up on the NAC scale, and I'm offering my services as a part-time non-union plumber. So uh, let me
1: know if you... And to think that Pat had to hire a guy to put on a new toilet seat.
5: (laughs) Yes. Yes. And this is a a nice one. has the nice slow...
6: Um, slow oh, that's motion the best drop.
5: kind, isn't it? It is because I tend to knock them all down and make a lot of noise <laughs> Did, sometimes. I yeah.
6: forget. I forgot about that. Did Pat also sit and observe the young man's work while he was a? Se- yeah, hey, uh, no. I don't
1: like, think he acted as the foreman. A regular
6: I think he, screwdriver? What do you mean?
1: Gave him the guy plenty of room. <laughs> he sure as hell didn't want to do
6: it. I need a hatchet. Yeah. Hatching <laughs> it up.
5: All right, bra. Okay, Broskies. Uh, you fly out of there. Don't forget garage logic on. Uh,
6: Pod MN, and uh, there you can be entered each with each listen to come hang out with us two weeks from yesterday for the GL Social, What are we calling it? The social distancing happy hour. Yes. When is that next week? Uh, two weeks from yesterday. I see. Yeah, All right. we
5: can handle that. And also available at Pod MN, many other Minnesota podcasts, including Table Talk with Rookies Family. Find out how we're surviving this uh, quarantine without killing each other.
6: Get that card to Schmelz, brah. Go. yeah
1: i want to talk to you though and then you turn the mic so oh, okay. okay all right It'll fade all right. out fast yep
5: Coming and there the- we go garage logic podcast version